Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. <laughs> He'll hit Corey Watson with it. He'll sidestep one tackler and gets to the 20. Corey Watson inside the 10. Touchdown, Eskimo! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Bo Levi Mitchell was going to join me in studio, but he got intercepted on the way. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet. Wow. What a wild Grey Cup. And, of course, the Oilers won yesterday as well. Can they make it two in a row against Arizona tomorrow? Only once all season long have the Oilers won back-to-back games. Of course, the game on Ched tomorrow. Furnace Family Oilers Hockey. Edmonton's Furnace Replacement Experts. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. 5.30 face-off show. Game at 7. Same times when the beloved Toronto Maple Leafs are here on Thursday. But I got to get to a little bit of Grey Cup chat here off the top. And how about that post-game comment from Markway McDaniel? Inside what? You know, 15 or inside the 15? But uh, we up 8 with a chance to at least get a field goal with four minutes left. Where are you going? We, we talk all game about putting two hands on the ball. Where, where are you going? Like, it's a stupid play. You can talk all you want about doing this, doing that. It's a dumb play. Stupid football, lost his game, and we offensively, we, we, we left our defense out of the drive. Uh, stupid football killed us. There it is. Stupid football killed us, of course, referring to the Kamar Jordan fumble, returned 109 yards for a touchdown. Toronto got the two-point convert to tie it with just over four and a half minutes left. Calgary had two possessions after that, punt and a turnover. Toronto had one. They got a field goal. They won the game. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 630 Chet. It is 6.08, and I'm pleased to welcome to the show former NHL goaltender, now with the NHL on Rogers. it's Kelly Rudy. Hey, Kelly, how are you doing? I'm fantastic, Reed. How about you? I'm doing very well. Great to have you on the show. And we, we, look, we, we, you and I often talk hockey, but this this is such a huge story. I just played the clip. I'm sure you saw it last night, and it's been being played everywhere throughout the day. Uh, your reaction to... Now, McDaniel did then tweet out, oh, I wasn't blaming anybody. If I would have fumbled, I'd say it was stupid. But he wasn't the guy that fumbled. It was a teammate. I mean, what did you think of that? I didn't like it. Um, you know, I what at first blush, in fact, I was shocked um, when I uh, saw that, when I read that. And the reason why it, it bothered me so much, and it shouldn't, but I'm just a fan like everybody else, is that Jordan, uh, he already uh, apologized to everybody. He felt horrible. His, his remarks after the game told you that he cares, that he, he put it on his shoulders and that he really felt that he was the reason why they lost. 
And so you got to have a little empathy for a guy. And it's kind of like a turnover in a game. You know, the, the defenseman doesn't want to turn the puck over. But unfortunately, it's a part of the game. Fumbles are a part of football. And I was really shocked to hear McDaniel say that about his teammate. I, I hope that uh, they've sort of talked it over at least a little bit. Because, you know, if, if the guy fumbled the ball and he wasn't apologetic and it was a big play, monumental play, which it turned out to be, then, you know, you're kind of like, I wish the guy would have said something or had taken ownership. But in this case, he, he did 100%. So I, I just, I don't know moving forward how that's going to affect the relationship they have. Well, that's a good point. You wonder if, if those two guys are going to have to have to clean something up. I mean, I know it's, I know it's emotional, but, and it's not like, look, I, I've, I've never played pro football, and I'm sure most people listening haven't either, but it's not like he was reaching out and left the ball exposed. I mean, I was watching it again today. Right. I mean, he, try, he tried to tuck it away. He's, you're, you're taught to try to get that extra yard if you can, and, and the Toronto defense made a good play, and then obviously the worst possible result. I mean, I was just joking with, the, with Andrew Gross before the, before, well, on the afternoon news, and he said when he coached his minor football players, he said just fall on the ball. I mean, right. that, the Toronto defense, Vaughn could have just yeah. fallen on the ball, but he said, yeah. no, he's making a play, and he made it. Right, and you know, further to the discussion about those two guys, if there's nothing uh, fixed, if there's no remedy between the two, if they don't have a conversation, you can bet that I would be waiting for McDaniel to fumble next year, and I would absolutely bury him myself, too, even as a teammate. If you're going to bury me, you know what, then it's all fair. So... Here's the thing, the uh, Calgary Stampede, and this is interesting because, look, and then, and, and, you know, several gambling sites have already established them as the favorites for next year's Grey Cup. That's how good they are, and they have been. And I was saying going into last week, they've been angry for a year that they lost that game to Ottawa, and I thought they were just going to get take, take it to Toronto. And now another, another one they let slip away, so you, now you wonder how they're going to react. Kelly, you played, and you and I have talked a lot about the 1993 Stanley Cup Final. Uh, you made it against Montreal. You lost uh, in overtime in games 2, 3, and 4 to fall behind 3-1 in the series. There was the McSorley stick measurement in game 2, and I'm not bringing this up to bring up bad memories, but just to establish, you guys lost heartbreaking games. But I've never asked you, how did that affect the team next year, coming back off that disappointment? Well, I think it affected us in a different way. First of all, there are different ways to lose, and it's really difficult to get over it when it's heartbreaking. And so that's what happened to us in 93. But the Stampeders, as you mentioned, so uh, they were angry last year. This year it goes from angry to disappointment and heartbreak. And, And you read what Dave Dickinson said after the game. He couldn't even really go in and say anything to the guys. There's nothing to say that they're... They're just shattered. So I think that that could have an impact uh, moving forward. We, on the other hand, in 93 had a different thing. Even though we were heartbroken at the time and and disappointed, we did have excitement for the next year. Our problem was that we weren't mentally ready to go. And uh, so we got off to, in fact, we got off to a really good start. But then we went on a, I think we started 5-1. and one, Then we went on a road trip, and we got buried by everybody, and we couldn't recover. So different circumstances but i've always said the most difficult losses are the ones where you're crushed uh, emotionally because then uh it really takes something to to get back to a, a regular level 
Yeah, it's gonna. It's gonna. I know there's a long off season, obviously, but it's gonna be interesting to see, uh, you know, how they come out, what changes they make. If if, if McDaniel's gonna be back, who who knows, right? There, there's a lot yeah. to talk about there. An incredible play, and just from a point of view. By the way, your prediction of 110 to 15 was wrong. <laughs> Should point that out. Uh, though you did say you like Ricky Ray, who is so. So, so, I mean, you got a lot, as a guy who play. I mean, goaltending's that, that position in hockey where you're a little yeah. different from everybody else, like quarterback in, yeah. in football, and you got to admire Ray's poise and longevity. And you know what? It goes back to the week before the, uh, the semifinals where I'm sure you watched the game like all of us did. My wife, Don, and I were in Washington, D.C., and we found a bar. Uh, and actually, our hotel bar played the, the game, and so we were watching it. And what really struck me about Ricky Ray after they beat Saskatchewan is that when they're gathering for the cup presentation um, to go to the uh, Grey Cup, he didn't look all that joyous. He didn't have, like, a big smile. He wasn't going crazy like his teammates. I'm not sure if he actually touched the trophy. I don't know if that's a thing in football or in the CFL or not, but it doesn't matter. But to me, it looked like that was no accomplishment whatsoever. And so his focus really stood out to me, and hence that's why he's the – first starting quarterback in the CFL to have four cent or great cups. Kelly Rohde joining us on Inside Sports, former NHL goaltender, now with the NHL on Rogers, joins us every week during the hockey season. Hey, I uh, just want to touch on something else uh, here. It, it was kind of getting a lot of play over the weekend. Uh, Jordan Eberle saying that his uh, confidence was uh, hurt while his time was in Edmonton. Here's the quote. The Edmonton media can be pretty brutal and your confidence is goes and this is a game you can't play if you don't have confidence it's that simple it's the Edmonton Oilers and everything around it when you read articles every day about how much you suck it's tough uh Taylor Hall has also uh chimed in he goes yeah no question you get booed by fans the media is all over you everyone's human you can't help but take that home with you uh a lot of people have brought this up to me Kelly and I, my reaction has, has kind of been like uh yeah it's you're a pro hockey player in Canada you're going to get analyzed, overanalyzed. It won't always be fair. Uh, so uh, to me, it's, a, it's, it's almost a non-story story. But again, it's like the guys referenced in those quotes. It's about the Oilers, so it becomes relevant. What, what's, what are your thoughts? You know, I accept those guys for what they're saying uh, because it is real, though. It's real to them. And they did take a lot of heat, including uh, Eberly for me. And you get tired of it. You get sick of it. Uh, it wasn't nearly as uh, much when I played because, of course, no social media and no Internet and so on. But I can tell you, um, when you do get booed by the fans, that's a big kick right in the teeth. And, and it hurts. And so when these guys get traded and they lash out at some point, I'm not surprised. It's feel, it's, their, it's how they feel. I mean, um, I, I certainly don't look at it and go, well, get over it, you're a baby and all that. I don't see it that way. I see it that... These guys went through a lot. They, they're exposed to a lot, and it must really hurt. And so uh, I totally get where they're coming from. Not that some people would uh, empathize with them, but to me, I really do understand it, and that it would be at what point does it uh, relent? And so I just think that they're probably both in a better place mentally, uh, not nearly the pressure, they don't have the spotlight, and so they can move on and just play, hopefully, up to their capabilities. 
Well, and I should clarify, when I when I say I kind of view it as a non-story story, I'm not dismissing yeah. what they said. I'm sure absolutely that's how they felt. I'm yeah. sure absolutely uh, some of the pressure and comments and discussion and stuff written can get to you. I mean, everybody is human, regardless of your profession yeah. or your salary. I, I, I just think we're, we're at the point where... You know, if you play pro hockey in Canada, if you play for the Dallas Cowboys, if you play for the New York Yankees, if you play for the L.A. Dodgers, pick some of those teams, like, it's going to be different. It it will be relentless. Like you said, when will it relent? In some markets with some teams, I don't don't think it will. Yeah, but not everybody's built for it, and not everybody can accept it and and get through that. So my great example in the game of hockey is uh, Scott Niedermeyer, uh, when he left New Jersey, was he a three-time Stanley Cup champion? I think. And uh, yeah, so sounds right. Total, yeah, when he was a unrestricted free agent, he didn't rush to a hockey mad market in Canada. Where did he run to? Anaheim, where there was no no pressure. He even talked about it. He didn't want to be under the spotlight. That doesn't suit his personality. And so, even though he represented Canada a number of times, he won another Stanley Cup with Anaheim. That sort of um, circumstance to live your life is not for everybody and so I just think that even though you're supposed to accept it if you live in certain markets where the media is awfully tough I just think no matter who you are it must be an absolute grind like I never played in Canada so I never had to go through that part of it but you even look which is really ridiculous and it's really sad that it's gone to the point where Terry Price's wife had to send out a something on social media I think it might have been Instagram about we're happy, we're not looking to move, I'm not looking for, and something about relax. I mean, what is this world coming to when just through social media we're having people to justify their lives? Like, that's crazy. Well, I think that's, yeah, that's an offshoot of this topic, and I think getting into uh, players' personal lives or, or, you know, away from the rink or people that, you know, aren't playing the game. That That's a little much for sure. Kelly, yeah. always appreciate your thoughts. You thrive in the spotlight no matter what. We'll talk to you again <laughs> next week. Okay, thanks, Reed. See you, bud. That is Kelly Rudy checking in at 619 Inside Sports on 630 Chet. NHL tonight. Here's what's going on. Florida and the Devils are tied 0-0 halfway through the game. In the second period as well, Flyers and Penguins 1-1. After the first, Montreal up 2-0 on the Blue Jackets. Wild and Jets are scoreless early. Ducks and Blackhawks later on. Monday night are Houston at Baltimore in the NFL. Got a couple people on hold on the open line, including Sirius Gord. You'll hear from him when we get back. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. It's going to be fun in the next half hour. A guy who played receiver in the Canadian Football League, won a great cup with your Edmonton Eskimos in 2005. Mookie Mitchell will give, uh, give his thoughts on one, critici- uh, one receiver criticizing another after the Stampeders lost that game and also on what he thought of the Stampeders throwing that one into the end zone when they were in field goal range to tie it in the last minute. My name is Reed Wilkins. Really appreciate you tuning in tonight. We have Sirius Gord calling in on the open line. Hello, Gord. How's it going? Good. Well, I have to say I'm annoyed about this Everly uh, Hall situation. And and to quote the late, great Dale Earnhardt, I hope they have lots of corks handy to keep the ants from crawling up their candy asses. Um, Look, they have to understand. Surely they're old enough, mature enough to understand that it's the fans, it's the passion, not the apathy, that writes the check that they get paid by. 
and that they think that that somehow uh, you know they're in a happier place. I wonder what Taylor would think if he wins a, if he had to choose between winning a cup in say Toronto versus Florida, where when you win the cup outside in the parking lot, the guy who parked your car doesn't even know that you play hockey. So there's a price to pay to play in big markets, but there's a hell of a big reward for it too. And what's more galling than anything, what really annoys me, is that they actually think that the Edmonton sports media are tough. They're probably the biggest bunch of pansies out there compared to most markets. Um, in a small city market like this where there's one and a half pro teams, as you know, Reed, you have to tread very carefully, especially when you've got a thin-skinned owner like Mr. Cates. If you say something untoward towards the team, you might get banned from the from the brink, which and therein threatens your entire career. So this idea that the Edmonton media is being rough on them. Sure, there's lots of dink fans out there who say dumb things. Surely to goodness you're, you're strong enough as a person to take that. But to think that the media of Edmonton, the sports media, is harsh, is unbelievable. I can think of 30 markets in, the, in North America that are worse than this in terms of media coverage. I mean, just, just to give an example, and I'll let you go, Reed. I know you got other callers. But in New York during the heyday of, in the DiMaggio era, when they were winning year after year after year, the New York media was at war with many of the players, one of whom's wife had just had a baby. And one of the reporters had the temerity to ask, bottle or breast? And it wasn't at an inhumor. This is how harsh some of these media markets are. Why doesn't Taylor, he's not too far away from New York City, so why doesn't he go pay A-Rod a visit and ask him what he thinks of the media in New York City? It's ridiculous that these guys are criticizing you guys in the media. If they have one criticism, it should be for, for how weak they are in this city, not how tough they are. All right. Appreciate it, Gord. Thanks, buddy. That is Gord at 780-496-0063. I'm going to take my weak spine into a commercial break. Greg's on the line next, and you'll also hear from Mookie Mitchell, Inside Sports on Chet. from your Edmonton Eskimos and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Mitchell coming up in a few minutes. Canadian Football Hall of Fame receiver. Won a great cup with the Argos. Won another with Ricky Ray and the Eskimos in 2005. It would be interesting to see what he thinks of the final moments of the Grey Cup game and what Mark Way McDaniel had to say about Kamar Jordan's fumble after the game. You can reach us by texting 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. My name is Reed Wilkins. We have Greg hanging on the line. Hello, Greg. Hello, Reed. Hey. Uh, crazy uh, last moment of the Grey Cup, hey? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I thought that, uh, well, hey, Bo, Bo Levi Mitchell went for the victory, and, uh, hey, uh, it happened, and that's the way it is. So I don't know what else to say about that, but uh, it was it was very entertaining. Um, well, it's, yeah, it's a finish. I mean, like I said, I can't remember if I said this uh, to Andrew or when I started the show, but you can watch football for a long, long time and never see a fumble return like that in a championship game again, maybe even in, a, in, in any playoff game. Like, length of the field to get your team back in it when you're on the verge of defeat. That's pretty incredible. Okay, uh, sorry, Reed. I, I did not catch the fumble uh, return play. I was uh, Sorry, I didn't catch that part of the game. I just tuned in at the last moment when uh, 
the stamps were down uh, a field goal. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was crazy too. Yeah, you got to remember that yeah, one too. I don't too. have to look that up. It's probably on YouTube or something. That play you're referring to. Um, okay. So the only thing I want to say is, um, well, well, first of all, uh, the last guy who called Gord, uh, he sounded a little angry, but um, for the most part, I agree with him because okay, Hall was different. I think Hall Hall was committed to the Oilers, but the Oilers needed a defenseman. So, and I think Larson Larson is a good defenseman. So I I kind of saw that coming. Well, to a certain degree, I, I understand Hall was frustrated, but the Oilers did need the, a new defenseman. Um, and with Eberle, I felt, well, when he got the hat trick last year, so he got 20 goals, and I think he had 50 points. Um, and so he had a decent regular season, but then in the playoffs, he only had two points, I believe, and he, he mentioned he didn't have confidence. Well, I think the last caller is correct in that, um, you know, Eberle shouldn't be complaining to the media, even though... The media is hard on someone like him. He, at 27 years of age, I, I think, hey, everyone's different. Eberle is a human being. I recognize that. But you have to find confidence within yourself. I think that's important. Um, okay, and this is the final thing I'd like to say. Um, okay, in regards to the Oilers, um, the arena deal. So the... Um, well, you're really taking us back, Greg. Jeez. Okay, sorry, Rita. <laughs> Sorry, this is my final point, but I just think it's kind of relevant. I don't know. Maybe you'll I'll, I'll hang up and, and you can tell me whether you agree or disagree. Um, okay, so the arena deal has been in existence for uh, like one year, right? Twenty six. Well, yes, that's fair. Yes, just yeah, over a year. So, so, and I think it's a fantastic arena. You know, I think downtown needed that, so I think that's great. However, um, as I understand, the. Uh, City is currently paying the Oilers, so taxpayers, people paying property taxes, are paying the sum of $2 million a year to the Oilers Entertainment Group or the Oilers, whatever, whatever entity it is, so that they can use the name Oilers for a period of 10 years. So that to me just sounds, it just sounds a little silly. It sounds like, it almost sounds as if the owner is making a statement that I chose to keep the team here, but I want two million a year so that I won't change the name. It sounds like he's on a little bit of a power trip. The That's city here. Here's what it says: the city will enter into a marketing slash branding partnership with the Edmonton Oilers to promote the city of Edmonton with the Oilers nationally and internationally at a cost of two million dollars annually for ten years. It's it's a marketing uh, deal. It's nothing to do with you. It's nothing to do with the Oilers. Uh, keeping the name Oilers, it's it's uh, it has to do with promotion. Okay, I was yeah. uh, misinformed. So, anyways, okay. uh, great show. Uh, thanks, and I'll, I'll uh, uh, great show. Thanks, nice to chat with you. Yeah, it's always great to hear you call, Greg. Thanks a lot. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. It is six thirty eight. Just updating the NHL scoreboard tonight. The Wild now out in front of the Jets, two nothing. Zucker and Stewart have the goals. Ducks and Blackhawks coming up a little bit later on. Habs up 2-0 on the Blue Jackets, now into the second period. Flyers leading the Penguins 2-1 late in the second period. Same part of the game. Panthers up 1-0 on the Devils. Barkov has his seventh. The shots are Florida 30, New Jersey 9. But they're only up 1-0. Two minutes left in the second period there. All right, wild finish to the Grey Cup. This guy knows all about winning Grey Cups, and being good to your teammates. Former Eskimos receiver, Daryl Mookie Mitchell. Mookie, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? 
I'm good. I'm good, buddy. I'm good. Just made it in uh, last night. Went home all week to see the family in Miami for Thanksgiving. So, got back in town um, around two-ish. So, just enough time to watch the Great Cup yesterday. Oh, perfect. Geez, uh, interesting finish, eh? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was a dramatic finish. You know, I, I was thinking all week um, that I, I was hoping for a thriller or a good ending like that, and it was It was the, the ending that you was hoping for. Well, a, a lot happened in the game, but, uh, I mean, look, we only got so much time, so we might as well start at the end. Uh, okay. As, as, a, as an ex-player, you know, you're watching Calgary drive up by 8 to try to go up by, you know, 11 or maybe 15 or 16. 15 points, uh-huh. Yeah, and they see, and then they fumble. And then not only do they yeah. lose the fumble, Toronto, I mean, what are you thinking when you're watching that, Mookie? Yeah, I mean, it's just like you, you it's just, you're just shocked, right? Because when you're in that situation, if you're, in, if you're on the offensive side, if you're at Calgary, your, your, your mindset is just like, you really want to score that touchdown to put them away. And then when you see the, the guy fumbles the ball and, and then Toronto end up going down and, and tying the game up, all you're hoping when you're in Calgary's situation is, you know, both teams have been moving the ball on each other the whole night. So you in Calgary's situation, you're hoping to just get the ball, get back down the field goal range and seal the game. But, you know, Toronto defense got tough there in the end and they gave Ricky and the offense another chance. And Ricky... Uh, put his put the Toronto up and uh, gave them the lead late in the game, and their defense just got the stop that they needed. So, w- would you see Kamir Jordan? I mean, that play was a, a pass out to the flat. You know, Toronto was right on top of it. Top of did, it. Uh-huh. Did, did he make a mistake trying to get more yards? Did, did Toronto just do a good job poking the ball out? I mean, because if you're if you're a receiver, you always want to try and get as many yards as as possible. That, yeah. Like, how do you see that? And just and just looking at it, like it's just, it's just an effort. He was it was just an effort where he was just trying to help his team win. Now he is it's unfortunate that he didn't see like the the defender coming from behind to strip the ball out. You know, and that was getting to the comment that you were saying about what McDaniels had said in the end of the game. Now, as a former player, you know, coaches and and the veterans are just telling all that week of Grey Cup and all throughout the season about, you know, protecting the ball and this, this and that. But in those situations like that, because you saw throughout the game, that ball was hard to, it's hard to hold. But I even think sometimes if you're in that situation and you're protecting the ball with two hands, it's, it can still get jarred away from you if the, the opposing guy is big enough and strong enough. But, you know, I mean, it was it was tough to hear him say that. I mean, me, all my years that I played, I would never call out a teammate or a coach like that. I feel like that's never like that's not my spot and that's not my place. Because if, if I was in Jordan's shoes, you know, you don't want, you know, especially a, another teammate saying that to you, you know, because you already feel like it's your fault that you lost the game. Mookie Mitchell joining us on Inside Sports. So is it, do you think it's possible for those two guys to have a, a solid relationship anymore? Do you think McDaniel needs to, and I know McDaniel put out on Twitter later, like, oh, you know, if I would have fumbled, I would have said the same thing. But he did. He wasn't the one that fumbled. He was talking about, yeah. about somebody else. Does, does yeah. something need to be repaired there between those two guys, do you think? Yeah, I, I think it is. I really do. I really do because you know, like I said, when you when you put yourself in Jordan's situation, like this guy here, and 
probably that whole team, that whole organization, they're going to beat themselves up again in the in the uh, offseason because, you know, it's two years in a row you was right there to win it and you fell short, right? And just at the end of a tough loss, like, that's the last thing you want to hear, even if it's during the regular season where you hear another teammate putting down another teammate. You know, because, you know, if you were that guy that, like, um, he was saying, you could have probably bashed yourself. But I don't think Jordan would have took it to the media or would have took to Twitter because one of his veteran receivers fumbled the ball late in the game. What did you think about the the final interception? I mean, Calgary's down there. They're close enough where they have a high-percentage field goal and they they throw a pass to the end zone that that gets intercepted. I mean, Mookie, you, you've been on the offensive side of the ball. Was that was yeah. that a was that a bad play call? Was that bad execution? Did Toronto just make a better defensive play? What did you see there? Well, well, offensively, um, you're gonna say it was a bad throw. Like looking at it live, because the more uh, the uh, media, I mean, the more the TV re- replayed the play, I'm feeling like if Black wouldn't have got that interception, that ball would have still fell short. And I'm just thinking this whole time, like, this, it's going to overtime. Because I saw Calgary, they're already in field goal position, you know, and then when Bo went for the win, I understand that. I understand you trying to make that throw because you want to just win it and get this game over with. But I, to me, I would have went with the safer thing. Let's try to just get this thing to overtime and then the best team, make, whoever make the most plays in overtime, win this game. All right, Mookie, you were uh, a two-time Grey Cup champion, including 2005, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the Edmonton Eskimos, with Ricky Ray as your yeah. quarterback. He's still going. He's still winning Grey Cups. Well, I mean, to let, let people know. I mean, were you were you pulling for Ricky in that game? And just what's it like for you watching him still still be successful? Yeah, it's, it's 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 lovely to see Ricky still out there and still competing. You know, because you know, like you just mentioned, he was a, a former teammate. We won the Grey Cup together, and I just know his poise. I know his his demeanor when when he's in big games like that. You know, and it's you know his just his leadership and his play is what motivates you to just continue to make plays. And he did it like all throughout that game. Well, he to me, he did it throughout the season watching. Toronto with the games that I watched, I watched him do it in the playoffs, and then when he's on the big stage, he's, he continued to be Ricky. Well, he, he's he's pretty special. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, yeah, four, four great he cups and, and, and just so calm. Mookie, before I let you go, I know we, we've talked before. We usually get to catch up on the show once or twice a year. It's always great to have you. But let people know what you're doing now uh, because, obviously, you, you, you are in Edmonton, and I know you're doing some pretty important stuff. So let people know what that is. Yeah, right now I'm still working with, like, the high-risk kids here, uh, here on the south side and – you know, I'm just going in and I'm advocating for these kids uh, daily. Rather, I have to go do meetings with teachers, principals at schools, or if I have to take these kids like to their therapists, psychologists, or even when I'm doing like meetings with them with their caseworkers, whenever the caseworkers are coming to town. So I just, you know, devoting all my time and energy to just trying to make uh, a difference with these like kids in need. Awesome stuff. Mookie, you're welcome on Inside Sports anytime, but all the best with all your uh, work, and thanks for giving us your thoughts on the Great Cup, man. All right, buddy. That is Daryl Mookie Mitchell, Canadian Football Hall of Famer. 
proud Edmontonian now, finished his career here. Love having him on the show. So obviously uh, didn't like McDaniel's post-game comments. And you heard Mookie say it. I mean, an offensive field, a receiver who you would think would love to have the ball thrown to him to win the Grey Cup. But even he was saying, oh, maybe Calgary should have just taken it easy there and gone for the field goal. Wasn't a great throw by Bo Levi Mitchell. Looked like he was under pressure, didn't get everything he wanted on it. Looked like a ball that's supposed to be out further toward the sidelines. Comes in underthrown, plus the safety comes over and helps. Gets picked off. I'm I'm just going to make a wild guess here that most of you listening aren't feeling too bad for Bo Levi Mitchell. That's probably a mild way to put. I'm just I I try not. You know I I I speak to you. I speak with you. I try not to speak for you. But I'm just going to make a wild guess here. Most of you aren't didn't wake up this morning and think, I wonder how poor Bo, Le- Bo Levi is doing. Well, if you did, maybe, maybe you were like, I wonder how Bo Levi is doing. <laughs> 648 Inside Sports. I'll get to some of your texts. 780-496-0063 is the phone number. Donate a toy today and make Christmas come true for 25,000 less fortunate kids through 630Chad Santa's Anonymous. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630Chad. Oh, I cut off our announcer guy. He's going to be furious. All right. We'll have a little bit more on 630Chad Santa's Anonymous uh, actually in a couple of minutes here. Want to get to a cool thing going on with the Edmonton Oil Kings? Catching up on the text line. Oh, and oh, this is this is nice, Kellen. Did you know that some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken? Oh wow! Beer, bourbon, and chicken. Order takeout or delivery for the hockey game at Skip the Dishes. It is very good. 124th Street, 107th Avenue. All right, texting 6:30, 6:30. Greg says, Reed, that was a cocky throw late in the game by a cocky quarterback. This texter says, the Stampeders lost last year in Toronto to Ottawa, and this year in Ottawa to Toronto. Next year, they will watch the Eskimos win the Grey Cup in Edmonton on TV from Calgary. Well, I'd be fine with that. Sirius Gord called half an hour ago. This texter says, Gord is a joke. Go throw your jersey, Gord. Tough guy. All right. Trevor says, how many kids play road hockey today, dreaming of scoring the overtime goal in Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final for Columbus or Carolina? When you sign big contracts, there are big expectations from the fans. I was a huge Everly fan, but I was so frustrated that he took many nights off from hockey, but I guarantee he did not take days off from cashing his big checks. That is from Trevor. Point taken, though obviously for accuracy they use direct deposit now. By the way, I I, I still dream of playing professional quarterback, and I might be able to do it for the Cleveland Browns even at the age of 43. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> this texter says it costs it costs you an arm and a leg and a firstborn to go to an Oilers game. People get very emotionally invested. That's why it's tough on the players when they stink it up. And uh, this texter says when Calgary put your sign your sign some sort of name on your text. I hate just saying this texter or this individual or this human 
Or if you're not human, at least indicate that you're not human. Uh, but this person says, when Calgary fumbled the football, 800,000 Edmontonians were cheering. Probably some truth to that. Uh, <laughs> Lyle says, I just might have an itty-bitty fiddle playing a sad song for the Calgary Stampeders, but it's so small, I don't think there's any microscope on the planet that can see it. My heart is really broken. That is from Lyle. Thank you, Lyle. Uh, <laughs> well, this, uh, <laughs> this, I don't... I don't think this text is, is true, but it's kind of entertaining, so I'm going to read it. Uh, Murr, the Stamps fan, says, uh, Bo Levi is an ass and overrated. We can say ass if it means donkey, right? Sure. Murr goes on to say, That being said, I played a lot of poker with Ricky Ray, and he had to be the most dead-souled and boring person I've ever met. So I'm not sure if he's poised or he's just boring. But talking to him was worse than shaving your head with an orange peeler while chewing on tinfoil. That visual, what though. Is that? What does that even mean? Like, but does the tin? It sounds like shaving your head with an orange peeler would be unpleasant enough, even without the uh, tinfoil involved. Do people even well, use orange that's, peelers that's, anymore? That's an, that's, incre- that's an incredible text wow. by Murr. Kind of offensive. But oddly amusing. Uh, I want to quickly get to this, Kellen. We're going to have to uh, bump another commercial to the next uh, half hour because this is, impor- this is important. All joking aside, this is actually important. The Edmonton Oil Kings are having their 2017 teddy bear toss presented by the Brick on Saturday. That's this December 2nd, Saturday, when they host Prince Albert, oilkings.ca, less than 500 tickets still available. 13,942 bears tossed last year, all to benefit 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous. And uh, I was talking to Lana Nordland from Santa's Anonymous about this really cool game. So whether you're a volunteer, you're a recipient, uh, no matter what, the, it's a night that everybody looks forward to. We have people who want to be there. We have the 50-50 that night, or they want to be selling the tickets. They want to be on the ice helping collecting the critters. They want to be back at the depot getting them ready. And it's, it's, it's just very exciting to, to take part in. And, and seeing it is just awesome. When, if, if you're actually there, I have the special opportunity of being on the ice when they come raining down. So it's... Uh, it's pretty darn cool. What are the uh, goals for the Bears hopefully collected this year? The Bears go right back to Santa's Depot after the, the game, after they're counted, and there's a roller derby uh, team there. There are some ladies that are there that are ready to get them all off of the, the truck. And then the next morning we have a group of scouts that come in and they take everything out of the bag and they sort them and make sure that they're ready to go. So come Sunday, they're already being put into gift packages. So it's it's phenomenal that uh, to know that your, your gift is going to be used right away. That's amazing. Okay, so what, it was just over 13,000 last year, so you think you can top that this year? Well, last year it was it was almost uh, 14,000. It was 13,942 if I correct that, and each year we seem to be breaking the record, but we still haven't broken um, the record from those folks down south which get like 24, 25,000, but uh, slowly. We haven't been doing it quite as long as the, as the rest of them, and, but this is just a, a phenomenal event to take part in. If you're not purchasing uh, a bear at the arena from the brick, and you're going 
going to be purchasing yours beforehand. Uh, we ask you to think about uh, the young ones, babies one and two year olds, if you uh, can afford to, if you can purchase one of uh, a bear for that age group. So it must say specifically on the manufacturer's age recommendation that it's good for someone under the age of three. There it is, Lana with all the details. Teddy Bear Toss Game, Saturday, Oil Kings against Prince Albert, oilkings.ca for tickets. We're always uh, happy if you can help out 630 Chad Santos Anonymous in any way. Drew Remenda, talking a little Oilers when we get back. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.